sleight of hand. That's what a magician uses in order to make sure that you cannot see how the trick is being done. Or they use basic diversion to look over here, not over there. Many Americans are paying attention to New York City right now. Donald Trump going to be arraigned at some point today. That's not where your attention should be. There's a larger story with BRICS nations brewing, with Saudi Arabia and OPEC oil prices, and now Japan. And we're going to talk about it today. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know what they do. You don't know what they sacrifice. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden. Let's get straight into it today here on the America Out Loud Network. There are major stories brewing, and I'm concerned that many people are not paying attention to them. The dollar, the greenback, is weakening as the Federal Reserve continues to change its monetary policy stance. The Silicon Valley Bank, Credit Suisse, that was just the tip of the iceberg a few weeks ago. All of a sudden, everybody's trying to just move on and say, oh, well, these banks closed, we're out of it, you know, the government stepped in, they took care of everything, the FDIC, they're on it. Nope, that's not the case. We are in major crisis right now. We have a serious threat to the United States dollar, a threat like you've never seen before in your lifetime. It's likely been since World War II. We have not seen a scenario where the dollar could lose its power. And this is because of what's called the BRICS nations. Now, if you don't know what the BRICS are, it is composed of several countries, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. They have kind of banded together at this point in time to transition to a new currency that would be their reserve currency. Eventually, I believe you're going to see a circulation of digital currency as that new one in the future. But BRICS is working together with China and Russia in order to use the yuan instead of the dollar. When we think back to just last week, do you remember seeing Vladimir Putin and President Xi standing alongside each other and saying they were going to change something for the first time in 100 years? Well, guess what it is that they're looking to change? People were wondering and thinking, could this be about war in the future? Could this be about upending the United States? Well, this is literally about moving the reserve currency away from the dollar to weaken the United States and change the world order permanently. You should be paying attention to this story because it got even more interesting because Japan has broken ranks with the United States just yesterday, purchasing oil at $60 a barrel directly from Russia, going against the sanctions that were in place. Does that mean that Japan is joining BRICS in some way, shape, or form? 
There's a number of other nations. They include Saudi Arabia, Argentina, Iran, Indonesia, Turkey, and Egypt that are also looking to join the BRICS alliance. What did Saudi Arabia just do? That's right. They decided they were going to do a shocking production cut of their oil. Why did they do this? This has nothing to do with Joe Biden. This has nothing to do with the fact that uh, they're trying to have failed policies at the Biden White House. I believe this is Saudi Arabia looking towards BRICS going, all right, we see what you're doing. We're in. We want to help. And this is the opportunity to make the cuts to help the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries and Allies which include, wait for it, you ready? Russia. That's right. So they're going to pledge to cut an exceeding 1 million barrels a day starting in May and will last throughout the end of the year. Why does this matter here in the United States? Well, first, we have to look at the price per barrel. The price per barrel will likely hit $100 once again. The warmer summer months take a different mixture of the oils for gasoline production to last from about May until August. What better to weaken your competitor? What better to weaken the United States and those depending on the dollar, those trying to uh, help Russia with their war against the Ukraine, then to help raise the price of oil so everyone pays more at the pump. Immediately on Monday, prices around the nation jumped at the gas stations. I went to the gas station to pump uh, gas in my car, and it was about $3.39, up an entire $0.20 from the day before. I wish I had went the day before. Should have paid attention to that story a little bit closer. OPEC says that they're doing this to protect against the downside, to protect against the... uh, ripple effect of global oil markets as well as the raising of interest rates that they're trying to take um, a way to basically capitalize on their market share. Crude had capped a 5.7% quarterly drop amid the banking sector turmoil and recession risk, according to Yahoo Finance. Now, there were many people that thought things were going to start uh on the rebound, that China would start purchasing more. That didn't come. That did not happen. And so China had not met expectations, and so it lowered its price. So now OPEC in Saudi Arabia is cutting that uh, production in order to possibly raise this up to $100 in order to continue making record profits. What could Joe Biden do in order to fight this back? Not much. Why? Because we've already seen skyrocketing prices due to Russia's invasion of the Ukraine and Joe Biden basically released the nation's strategic crude reserves last year uh, in order to combat that. The, the stable is empty. There's not much to do. But this is the real problem here. Do you remember when Mike Termot was on my show the other week? And he was telling me everything was good with the banking system, that we didn't have anything to worry about, that the FDIC had everything insured. Guess what I did not see coming during that conversation? I didn't see higher crude prices. See, here's the problem. When crude threatens to add to inflation, 
the central banks are going to now have price pressure. The Federal Reserve just raised interest rates again. They're supposed to meet in May for their next monetary policy. <laughs> are you seeing where this is going? More inflation. The Saudis also have a refinery in China now. Eventually, I believe you're going to see OPEC no longer sell oil in dollars. That's the next step here. And you should all be paying attention to that story, not what's going on in New York City. If you want to pray for former President Trump, go right ahead, pray for former President Trump. If you want to send your good vibes to a different direction, go ahead and do that. But your attention needs to be right now on the oil overhaul because it's part of a larger story about BRICS and what's going on. Now, I told you Japan. Japan decided that it was going to break ranks with the United States and the United States allies. And they were going to purchase oil directly from Russia at prices above the cap that was set. They said that they were doing this because they had energy needs. Um, <laughs> is this them positioning themselves? Because they know they got some inside info that they're able to get this at $60 a barrel and it's going up to $100. They're going to go through Russia uh, in order to create a new alliance. Now, apparently, Japan contacted the United States to agree to the exception it said it needed access to Russian energy in order to maintain financial sovereignty. I'm not buying it. We talk about the milkshake theory back in October. I did a show on it. The milkshake theory basically says that the United States dollar was going to continue to squeeze everybody else and force people into the dollar. That it was going to force commodities to push up higher, such as gold. We were going to see other uh, economies that were dealing with inflation start to collapse and force people to strengthen the dollar. What I don't believe I put into my potential scenarios was I never thought for a second that Russia, Brazil, China, all these nations, Saudi Arabia, were all going to band together and say, you know what, the yuan sounds like a great currency to use and start to squeeze the United States back. Start to force the United States back into a global economy of making sure that they could take care of uh, producing their own battery materials. Can you imagine how weak the United States would be right now if China just turned off the pipeline to conductors completely? If there could be no more lithium batteries coming from Asia? Could you imagine what the car manufacturers would do or what all of the precious liberals that want to change us to an electric future would do if we could no longer uh, count on our allies overseas in order to produce in the mines the materials that we need to go for this electric future that's hmm. what it's looking like it's looking like there's major uh storms on the horizon major how are you going to be ready for this 
Well, when I come back in the second half of the show here, I'm going to talk a little bit about what economists are starting to say about this, about what the threat may be. And so we'll cover that on the second half. Make sure you're going on to americaoutloud.com, visiting our sponsors. You can also go to my website, americaembolden.com. You can go visit Ira at My Gold Guy. Click on the link. Tell Ira that I sent you. It's a way to help yourself with some financial security with commodities. You just got done hearing me, and you're going to hear economists in the second half of the show talking about why commodities are going to be really important if there's going to try to be some type of subversion around what the Federal Reserve is doing with the dollar and the milkshake theory is going to be battled by nations that probably deem our dollar the enemy at this point. Also, don't forget to visit the sponsors to help make this show go around like Kofix Rx and the Genesis Fogger. Go to both their websites, uh, genesisfogger.com backslash out loud. Get a discount just for listening to my show, as well as the good people at Kofix on their website, put in out loud and you get a discount too on that. Be right back after the break, everybody. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. The wellness company shares your values and fights for medical freedom. They put patients before profits and follow medical science, not political science like doctors on the left. Their chief medical board, which includes Dr. Peter McCullough, are the makers of the incredible American-made high-quality spike formula. If you worry about spike proteins, go to TWC.health and use promo code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount. Once again, that's TWC.health, promo code OUTLOUD. Welcome back, Bold Americans. We are talking about the fall of the dollar. Are we starting to see it? Now, we have already been at war in some ways, and I don't believe that our government has been 100% honest with us. I had an individual that reached out to me a long time ago and said, Greg, just so you know, the online war has already begun. World War III doesn't look anything like people thought it was going to look. We had a Chinese spy balloon flying overhead. The United States wanted us to believe that they blocked the signal as it traveled across the country for days. But there was a report out of NBC that now says that they were able to gather intelligence from several sensitive American military sites, despite the Biden administration's effort to block it from doing so. This was according to two current senior U.S. officials and one former senior administration official. They said that China was able to control the balloon so it could make multiple passes over some of the sites, at times flying figure eight formations. 
where was this information a month ago? Why was this thing not taken down once they realized what it was doing? If you're flying a figure eight formation and you think you're blocking the signal and it continues to do this, I'm pretty sure it's transmitting the information. In fact, the three officials said it transmitted the information it collected back to Beijing in real time, which means we failed horribly at protecting the United States in this act of aggression. And that's exactly what it was. Now, they said that the intelligence that China collected was mostly from electronic signals, which can be picked up from weapon systems or include communications from base personnel rather than collecting images. What were they listening for? What type of electronic signals did they want to find? They're all important questions. It's part of a multi-prong approach right now to weaken the United States. And why did the United States wait until the end of the week to shoot it down over top the Atlantic Ocean? Well, you have to ask the administration why the leaders that are supposed to answer to the commander-in-chief, why they refuse to take this thing down based on his orders. Joe Biden was very clear. He ordered it down right away. Now, I, I think that's kind of a lie, too, because we were tracking this thing across the Pacific, over Alaska, over Canada, allowed it to come into our airspace. I don't think that it was um, as quick and as hastily readily available of an order that Joe Biden wanted us to believe. But that all stated, we could have got this thing out of our airspace a lot sooner had our military not been playing games. Somebody's playing games in America right now. Somebody does not have our best interest at heart. You know, I thought originally maybe we were leaving it up there because we wanted to gather more intelligence, but now I'm starting to think somebody left it up there because they were told to leave it up there. Just letting you think about that. Now, back to the economy and what economists are saying right now and why I believe the spy balloon and all this other stuff that's going on, it's a act of war against the United States. So economists right now, they're saying that this is a threat that they have never seen in our lifetime. I kind of talked a little bit about that uh, just a, 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 on what, 10 minutes ago on the show in the 1970s. Global banking, according to economists, became basically dollar central. When the Soviet Union fell, they said that the entire world basically came under the domination of the United States dollar. That, they said, is going to drift away uh, now that China and Russia are starting to build an alternative block of currency. Why should you be paying attention to this right now? Do you know what politician was telling us back in 2006, 2007, 2008 that we were less secure because we were mortgaging our future? It was Ron Paul. Ron Paul was talking about how we were mortgaging our future to China. You know what China did? They were really smart. They bought our U.S. debt with treasury bonds. As of August 2022, China owned $971.8 billion in treasury bonds, which is roughly 13% of that debt. 
The debt to China is mainly in the form of U.S. Treasury securities that were bonds issued by the federal government. Now, the reason why people are concerned, economists are concerned about this, they're worried that now that we already have seen banks collapse with a treasury yield that's weak and interest rates that are high, that China, if they wanted to weaken the dollar even more, they would dump these treasuries as a retaliation or a um, act of war, and it would weaponize its holdings and send interest rates even higher in the United States. It would crush economic growth, and the United States would not be able to purchase much of anything. Our purchasing power would completely disappear. Now, in 2008, we were about half of what China owes now in 2023. We did peak at one point back in 2011 and again in 2013, around December, China owed owned even more of our national debt. Now, if you paid attention to going to the store, where are most of the things that people buy made? China. It is the manufacturing hub of the world. They are an export economy. Uh, the Census Bureau has shown that they have been running a trade surplus with the United States since 1985. It means that China will sell more goods and services to the United States than the United States is capable of selling to China. Remember when we shut off supply to Russia over Ukraine's invasion? What if BRICS, this group says, you know what, we're not going to sell the United States or we're going to limit the amount. Just I was saying about the chips earlier with the semiconductors earlier with the lithium batteries. If these parts of BRICS say, you know what, United States, we need the strength in our economy. We're moving over to the yuan. Well, guess what? Just as we have the Federal Reserve, China's central bank has the People's Bank of China. And they intervene much like the Federal Reserve does. And they try to prevent imbalances with the U.S. dollar and yuan in their markets. The PBOC, just like the Federal Reserve, can print yuan as needed. And so this intervention creates a scarcity of U.S. dollars over there, which keeps their rates higher. This is the reason why we have self-correcting flows of money in China and the United States. It's the reason why we are seeing people say, oh, well, we're weakening the yuan right now after the pandemic. And the People's Bank of China is saying, don't worry, we're fine. They know that they're fine because they can manipulate the currency the exact same way that the United States manipulates their currency. But here's the problem. The United States, if they're able to convince, you know, Europe nations to continue to use the United States dollars, that's great. But I feel that Europe is eventually going to give in and say, where's our resources coming from? And they're going to have to vote with their resources, meaning they'll give support to China. They'll give support to Russia. They'll give support to where these natural gas lines are coming in. Hmm. Who was saying that that would likely happen? Oh, that's right. Donald Trump. Donald Trump was the one that said that was likely going to happen here soon. And here we have it. 
almost as if he has a time traveling machine. He traveled into the future and he was correct once again. He also had alluded at one point in time that all of this stuff would be over by Easter. And now look at what we have. We have Easter coming up and we have the whole issue of New York City today, which we'll see what's going to happen up there. But I'm telling you, do not be distracted right now on former President Trump. That's not where you want to pay attention. Please, please, please send this to somebody who doesn't know what's going on financially right now. Send this podcast to a friend, tag them, let them know, hey, are you aware that there are countries right now that are creating an axis of power? And we're seeing OPEC, which is Saudi Arabia, now putting the squeeze on the United States as well. Are you aware that China and Russia met just a few weeks ago where it was uh, Vladimir Putin had said that he was in favor of using Chinese yuan for settlements between Russia and the countries of Asia, Africa, and Latin America. He said, I am confident that these forms of settlement in yuan will develop between Russian partners and their counterparts in third countries. This is very important to pay attention. Why do you think Putin wants Latin America? Why does he want South America? Well, likely because he knows he can't get Canada. That's not going to be possible for him at the present moment. But if he can get China, Asia, Africa, Latin America, then it becomes the United States, Canada, Europe versus basically the rest of the world. Maybe we get Australia in there too because they're going to go with Europe. But if Africa, Latin America, Basically, this is like the risk board, right? Vladimir Putin, President Z are playing the ultimate risk game. The thing that's been keeping them from being successful with this is because they have not been able to beat the milkshake theory. But now with this uh, action, a united front that seems to be happening, we might see the dollar start to slide. Now, in the monetary reserves, the United States dollar accounts for about 60% of the reserve money. The yuan is only at 2.8%. The euro is about 19.7%. This means the yuan has a long ways to go, but the yuan can make up a ton of ground with a united front and with squeezing the United States with higher interest rates and tanking the treasury yield that could put banks out of business. This isn't me like overstating things either. This is any economist that I'm looking at. This is exactly what they're saying could happen if this were to turn into not a peaceful resolution, but showing that this is an act of war in order to attack the United States in a way that doesn't require missiles and soldiers. It's very possible. Now, China also proposed during that meeting with uh, Vladimir Putin a 12-point proposed peace plan for the Ukraine. And the Ukraine uh, barely mentioned this press conference at any point in time. They've basically ignored it. The United States said they sh there should be no peace plan in place because it wasn't the United States that came up with the plan. 
That's basically what they said. They were like, you're going to give up too much Ukraine and it's, it's not worth it. These warmongers right now are going to spiral us into bad places. It's not putting America first. We need to strengthen the dollar immediately here at home. We need to find ways to make sure that we are able to provide for our citizens with the materials to be manufactured right here in the United States. If we can mine for things like niobium, right? We have one of the largest niobium mines in the world. Why are we not actively starting to uh, back that here in the United States? Why are we playing the loan game on that? Well, maybe the loan game is doesn't need to be played much longer. Maybe we're at the point in time where we can move forward now with what's happening. So whatever happens with Donald Trump today, apparently, uh, according to the sources, he's not going to be handcuffed. He's not going to have a mug shot. He's getting 34 felony counts, but these are like class E felony counts, which as a first time offender, no one serves jail time for. Uh, so enjoy the show, but the real crap show going on is the one overseas. Um, and now we're going to see the Saudi Arabia really jolting our economy. I knew that 2023 was going to be rough on us, but I didn't see this perfect storm of people that we've been working with finally coming back and putting the, uh, the full court press on us. Would this have happened if Donald Trump was still president? I don't think so. I really don't. I'm being completely blunt with you guys on this. This is because of Biden's policy of looking the other direction as things happen, not leading out of strength. Sometimes I get that, you know, people wanted more diplomacy from Trump. Sometimes just simply being a little bit unhinged and having less diplomacy and having a little bit more leadership out of threats of strength can be a little bit more beneficial for us. And I think Joe Biden's going to learn a tough lesson here. And of course, there's probably people that would say that this is exactly what Joe Biden wants. My question is, for the people that are studying the WEF, maybe I can do an episode on this next week if I get some more information. Where do the BRICS nations fall in regards to the WEF? Were they in Davos? Is this part of an overall plan? Or uh, is this the plan against the WEF? Hmm. That would be really interesting to kind of dive into. That's all I have for you today. I'll be back tomorrow with some great content. I also got some interviews coming up here this week that I'm really looking forward to as we get to the weekend. It's going to be a fun week of shows. Uh, and also for all the feedback that you guys have been sending me about my uh, D days of darkness, Donald Trump and the Jesus parallel. I really appreciate the fact that you guys took that with an open mind, as well as uh, no one took it as sacrilegious. They took it with exactly how I meant it. Just a simple parallel, uh, looking to try to make some comparisons. And uh, hopefully we have a catalyst moment. Hopefully at the end of all this, we can move forward. And we will have a resurrection moment, whatever that looks like, but something that helps rebuild our faith moving forward in our economy, our country, and getting us back on track for where we need to be. I'll be back tomorrow, everybody. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network.
Be bold, America.